0: For episode 8 of the World Triathlon podcast, we welcome Scotland's Mark Austin. Since the age of 8, triathlon has been a huge part of Mark's life, finishing second in the 2013 junior and 2014 under 23 world champs before hitting the elite circuit, and peaking with a bronze at the 2018 Commonwealth Games. All of which made the news that he would have to retire from the sport due to a genetic heart condition, all the harder to take. So Mark, welcome to the World Triathlon podcast. How and where are you and how did you take the news coming in the middle of what was already a very strange lockdown?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm I'm good, thank you. I am in Glasgow at the moment and yeah, lockdown's been well, pretty strange for me because obviously I got the, the news about like having a, a heart disease. So yeah, apart from that it's been pretty good and uh, definitely a lot of like self-reflection I guess at, at the moment but Nah, I think it's probably uh, been in my favour that we've been in danger during this is it's given me a bit of time to just accept it without having to be living a normal life. Uh, end of February in 2019, I started when I was like doing hard sessions, I would just have like strange uh, sensation in my chest. Um, Yeah, just like quite quite a lot of, of it, you know. So I, I did one run session where I think it probably happened like 50 times. Um and yeah, but like because there was no other side effects and I like I wasn't like dizzy or anything. I I just yeah, I wasn't really sure what it was to be honest. And then I decided to like call a doctor and um sort of explained it to him and we did a bit of testing and found out that it was actually like palpitations and like my heart rate was yeah, rapidly increasing uh and then coming back down to normal. Uh so then from that from that that was like March in two thousand nineteen. And then from then on I've just been like under investigation and doing like loads of testing and stuff and because uh, it's a progressive uh, disease and because it's a, I'm like at a very early stage of, of it. Like I, I essentially there was really n- not many signs last year and there was no uh, damage to the heart, which is a good thing, but it means that like if they scan my heart, they can't say, all oh, right, yeah, you've definitely got it because they couldn't see anything. So then uh, at the start of this year, well, I actually got cleared in August last year. They, they said, like, yeah, we, we can't find anything, and that like, you're good to go. But then I, I had a, a like monthly checkup and monthly tests just to, just to like double check, I guess. And then those tests sort of showed some abnormalities again. And then yeah, the the scan this year showed a bit of progression. And uh, yeah, that was that was in, in March, April, and then that that was when I found out that. Uh, like sadly was you know elite sport and endurance endurance sport is not not what you want to be doing when you have this this disease as it just makes it progress a lot faster so it it was it was definitely some like worrying times certainly towards the end of last year where there was a lot of like conflicting opinions on the results and you know some people thought that I should just be on the couch doing nothing and then other people were like you know why are you still still testing him because he's he's passed all the um like all the scans are good and there's no sign of anything bad going on so i wasn't like caught in a a bit of a conundrum in terms of should i be going out training or should i be staying at home and going out training there's quite a lot of like bad thoughts going around my mind about like whether i was doing the right thing or not so
0: well yeah totally if that's what you so obviously want to be doing Mm. and some people are saying it's perfectly okay and some are saying it's not then yeah you, you obviously are desperately keen to get back out there and, mm-hmm. and presumably it was because also at the end of each of those sessions where you were feeling something then as soon as you pull back down then there's no lingering effect, right you've just you're back to normal
1: absolutely and uh e- even even in the moment it wasn't um like you know it wasn't really that bad like i i was i would be running it like uh, you know like sub three minute k's and then have it happen to me for like ten seconds and feel a bit like breathless, and then it would go away, and I would control it. And then, uh, yeah, it, it was definitely that. That wasn't that bad. I would say that the worst time was yeah towards the end of last year, where I I just didn't know what I should be doing, and and I didn't really know what the next step was. So even, of yeah, it was obviously horrible news to find out, but actually having um, a definitive answer was nicer than than like the unknown. And not and the the kind of worry that uh, I don't know what I should be doing right now, but I, I don't want to sit at home and not train because then I'll never get back to to where I want to be in terms of uh, getting on the start line this year. And at the same time, I don't want to go out and be training if it's going to potentially lead to me having like an early death. So that yeah, that was not enjoyable. Whereas now you know when I like yeah, I know what I need, I know what I can and can't do, and. It's, it's unfortunate that I can't do some of the things that I love, but uh, there, there's not really a temptation to go and be doing track sessions because it's yeah like I know what it's going to cause, so I'm not really that fussed about about doing that, and I, I'm just trying to find out find some other things that I'll enjoy as much as I I did um triathlon.
0: Looking back, then, uh, 2014 was a massive breakthrough year for you with the Home Commonwealth Games in Glasgow and the first World Series in Yokohama.
1: Yeah, so uh, like 2014, that was my um, main, the main thing I was training for as a youngster. Uh, so when I was 13, they announced that Glasgow would have the games. And I remember my swim coach that day saying, like, as I got out of swimming, he was like, oh, you know, that sh- you should really kind of like, I guess, put that as at the forefront of your mind. And that's, this is something that you can do. So like, as a 13 year old to hear someone say like, you could go to the home of Games, that was like massive. Um, kind of self-belief and from then on I was just like that my, my sole aim in, in triathlon was to be on that start line so to stand there was really incredible and then obviously had um, quite a like good day looking back at the time it was pretty intense but to, to experience the home crowd on the front with like the two like absolute legends of the sport and um, and, you know, the Burnley brothers, like everyone in the UK knows who they are. So all of a sudden uh, I went from just being like all my friends just know me as doing triathlon. They don't really know how good I am or or like they know that I do it, but that's about it. And then they can actually see like, oh, you're you're able to keep up with those two guys that like were in, were in the Olympics. And um, yeah, that for me, that was like such a such a cool experience. And um, from then on, I was I was sort of like, yeah, I've done that. And anything now is not, not a bonus, not to say that like I was content, but uh, that had sort of, uh, that if, if I, yeah, that moment meant that if, if I had to retire for any given reason, I was like, I'll be happy with my career because I did that. Um, and, I, and I had like, world I guess, world medals from junior, but nah, the, the 2014 stood out for me. And I still think that's like one of the, probably my the favorite race, my, my favorite racing experience, um, just, be, just because of the crowd. I just uh, never, never experienced anything like that. And uh, it's really, uh, yeah, <laughs> quite a, like, 15 minutes of fame moment. Um, so, yeah, love that.
0: I mean, yeah, in the UK, certainly that, you know, between, I guess that was smack between the 2012 and 2016 Olympics, right? And and mm-hmm. on couldn't really have been much bigger in the UK at that point.
1: No, exactly. I, I would just start, it was quite new um, to, in a lot of people's minds, but, but I think because of Alistair and Jonathan in 2012, everyone, like, people genuinely were like, oh, let's go and watch the traffic so we can see them. So I think there was just a massive crowd um, down there because, because they were there. Uh, so, yeah, but it benefited me because I got to experience, like, a home crowd. And uh, that's something that I've never... Well, I, I got it again in 2018, but it definitely wasn't the same as the Commonwealth Games. Commonwealth Games is, like, was crazy. that was just a crazy week to live in Glasgow. it was just pretty unreal to see the city transform and uh, and all these like famous athletes like cutting about where you've like trained your whole life like my, the my local where I learned to swim was the the training center and so I was just at the at the training pool and like all the all these world world leading triathletes were swimming at the pool that I like have been swimming in since I was like three years old so that was pretty surreal
0: so Yokohama, twenty fourteen, um, that first World Series, again,
1: like yeah, a, that was serious buzz
0: kind of on that start line and and heading into that race.
1: Yeah, that was, it was it was alright. I, I I like took that race on a bit of a whim and I yeah hadn't really I'd been a bit injured going into it, but then I got offered a start, so I was like, oh yeah, I'll just like why why not? Uh, and I got absolutely hammered. And uh, so yeah, it was it was good to like. Understand what what that race, what like world series racing was, uh, because until then I didn't have any clue. And uh, yeah, to like realize the standard uh, was was pretty like humbling. Uh, And that was the same with 2014, where I was riding with like with them, and they were riding as fast as they could and pulling way more than me, and then dropped me, and then went on to run faster than everyone. And I was just like, all right, that's yeah, it was pretty mind blowing to see what people, what the best in the world were capable of. So. I would say that was the same for Yokohama as well. Um, but those those experiences are pretty good in terms of, uh, yeah, like just exposing you and making you realize, like, oh, okay, I've I've done like well as a junior, but the jump from junior to senior is like crazy, and I I need to take and um, have go back and have a think about what I'm doing in, t- in training if if I ever want to compete with these people. But as as a fan of the sport, and um, like racing those races was really just really cool really cool experience and really good to see uh, what people are capable of
0: something like that doesn't leave you feeling too flat it, it focuses the mind a bit does it
1: yeah but because I, I always knew that I, I like I knew I was a good athlete so it wasn't like I did Yo'kaman and I thought oh no I'm like terrible at this because I, I knew like I'd meddled at world juniors the year before so I was like I, I know that I'm a good athlete I'm just there's a few things that I'm getting wrong and I think I always had a bit of like inner belief, and um, that I knew that I was, if I did everything right, and if I figured everything out, then that one day I could definitely stand on an Olympic podium if if I, if everything went my way. But uh, there's there's like probably fifty other guys in the same position as me, so it's about figuring out how how you're going to be one of those people. And um, so yeah, definitely, I never really felt deflated after after racing. It was always just uh, like getting exposed and trying to figure out why. If, if it had gone badly trying to figure out why Um but I, I, yeah I never felt too down after a bad race
0: and so equally heading to Gold Coast Commonwealth Games 2018 um mm. it'd been you had a crash in Abu Dhabi right just
1: yeah so that was the first race of the year and then yeah. we went to Australia and just trained but I'd I'd had a really good winter and just hadn't everything had gone pretty spot on so yeah, there was a couple of things I did wrong in Abu Dhabi, but I knew that it wasn't a, a reflection of what I, what the shape I was in. So um, I saw again.
0: Of, can something like that sort of actually like sharpen your mind a little bit, rather than have it hanging over you going into Gold Coast? It was like, well, actually, that's something I won't do again. Or
1: yeah, a wee bit. Uh, and I think part of me was just like, all oh, right, the next race is Gold Coast. That's I don't have to jump it, jump through any more hurdles to get there, sort of thing because um, that, that was definitely like I, I didn't train that winter for Abu Dhabi I trained that winter for Gold Coast so and um, part of me was just like it, sort of glad to get out of the way and that now I can focus on the like the main event and uh, yeah it definitely I didn't I, I yeah I can't remember really thinking about it for too long after it to be honest.
0: And that getting that podium mm-hmm. in the Comm Games must have been an incredible feeling.
1: Yeah, it was good. I think uh, it's, it's it was interesting for me to see how much I changed in four years in terms of uh, like my my like approach to it, I guess. I think going into 2014, I was pretty, I was nervous. I, I was definitely enjoyed it, but I was really nervous and uh, yeah, just kind of beat myself up a bit after and, and whereas going into Gold Coast, I was really relaxed and just because I'd had so much fun preparing for it, like, we had a really good group out in Musa of Tom and Jess and uh, Jess's boyfriend, John. And, yeah, I just had, like, really fun two months uh, being away with them. And so I was, in, and then Jess got silver before my race. And so I was like, oh, well, like, I trained with her and I helped her. Like, well, I didn't help her, but, like, she, I was part of that medal a little bit. Yeah. So that relaxed me and then I was just like, ah, oh, just let's see what's, let's see what I can do. And I knew that I, I was really fit and I would, I just thought I'm gonna have a pretty good race. I didn't didn't really think too hard about it. And then um, just, yeah, one of those days where the performance sort of like took care of itself. I, I don't really re- remember that much of it apart from on the run when obviously things start to get like a bit harder. And so that was definitely where like, the, yeah, the race started on the run for me, but yeah, that was just, yeah such a such a good day and and yeah it it didn't really it wasn't like a defining moment at the time but I look back and it definitely probably was but for me at the time it was just all good fun and yeah it it wasn't like a really a massive like emotional release or anything like that like that you might expect as a youngster like all that you because for me that was that was a a dream of mine I, I didn't actually think I would ever um get a medal like that uh, so to achieve that what, what really was like um massive for me
0: which i which makes you know the news of your retirement all the all the more sad um mm. for for everyone involved in in the sport but it, you sound very much like a cup half full kind of person so
1: yeah you well, I, I think so because so, uh, i guess it's it's up to me how how i like decide to react to the news. I think you could quite easily just react by being really sad and thinking about all the things that you wanted to do that you can't and for sure like that those moments come and and, like those thoughts do pop into your head of like this is so unfair like I didn't get a chance to do this and do that and all these other people do but for the most part it's just like this is the situation and nothing I can do will change like the facts but I can st- like I can still like be happy and m- yeah. my my idea of like a normal life is is maybe is perhaps like too high and so I need to like adjust my expectations that's kind of how I see it at the moment and then it's just like about adjusting my expectations and uh, yeah just living a slightly more normal life but at the same time I, I definitely don't want to be the average guy on the street and just trying to figure out a way to to be uh to excel in something else
0: yeah there's no reason why the next chapter can't be as exciting just in a totally different way
1: yeah exactly exactly
0: have you had much support in terms of to be thinking about the next stage of your career and what kind of avenues might be open to you
1: yeah no i've I've had a uh, good support from british graflin and, and like just a few people kind of reaching out to me and, and offering like help and figuring out what i want to do so uh, that's been really good and I think obviously I don't want to I did actually get a job uh, pretty early on because I was pretty nervous about the fact that i would never had a job and all of a sudden it was just like school and LinkedIn and like applying for stuff so I did get a job but then I, I decided that was probably too soon and I just like think I'm just going to go and um, relax for a bit and go do do some things that I wish I could have like all, all the things that you as an athlete you can't do and you wish you could do, like uh like travelling about and uh seeing more friends and yeah, all that sort of stuff. I'm I'm just gonna do that for a few months and then uh hopefully have like a maybe maybe a little epiphany will hit me when I'm like out somewhere cool and yeah, I don't know. That's sort of like my romantic idea of what, what the next step is. But yeah, for sure I'm I'm looking at different careers and uh talking to people about that. But I think I've got I've got a bit of time. And it would be stupid not to use it. So I'm definitely just gonna take a few months to to like come up with something. And then yes it might not be I mean, the first thing that I do is probably isn't gonna be my ideal lifelong passion, but it will definitely be like one step closer to finding that.
0: Yeah. So the roller coaster of lockdown for you also <laughs> one of the pitfalls was spending too much time on LinkedIn and actually getting yourself a job too quickly.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I guess. Uh, but that was a nice wee uh, like conference boost to think right okay so I can get a job if I if I try hard because uh, yeah like I'm sure a lot of athletes are the same where I've, I've never I was a swim teacher for a bit but that was about that's as close as I've, as I've come to working a normal job so um when the when it comes around it's actually quite scary thinking like oh what happens if no one wants me and I end up stacking shelves somewhere that that was a big fear so hopefully that's not my future, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic about being able to, uh, like I'm in a good position. I'm, I'm pretty lucky with, with the like experiences that I've had and stuff. They're uh, relatively unique. So I, I think uh, as long as I work hard, I'll get to where I want to be. And um, I definitely want to stay involved in the sport and there's, uh, oh, there's loads of ways that I can do that. And it's just about finding what, what my, Ideal position in the sport is, but I know for sure that I don't want to be. I don't want like this to be my the end of my relationship with triathlon. I want to still be involved in it because it's given given me so much, and I just I love it. I think it's a great sport, and I think it's full of uh, good people. So yeah, I definitely want to stay involved in some capacity and um, going forward. So yeah, whatever whatever role suits be best.
0: Well, best of luck with that next chapter um, thanks ever so much for coming on the podcast and uh, reflecting and, and looking forward it's been really good to hear from you
1: no worries at all thanks for having me great and will catch you later
0: alright cheers man but- take care